Welcome to LABI's Sounds of the Session. I'm Lauren Gleason, Director of Healthcare, Education, and Workforce Development. As we wrap up National Women's Month, we wanted to visit with a dynamic duo of women serving in the legislature to give us perspective on what it's like juggling family, elected office, and more. I'm joined by State Representatives Paula Davis from Baton Rouge and Stephanie Hilferty from New Orleans. Welcome, ladies. Thank you for, Thank having, you for us. having us. Oh, we're so excited to have y'all. So to kick it off, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, if you don't mind, your district, your family, do you have kids, how many, et cetera. Stephanie, we'll start with you. Thank you so much, and thanks for having us. Um, my district is District 94, which is in New Orleans and Jefferson Parish. So I'm along the lakefront of both of those parishes, and I live in Lake Vista, which is right on Lake Pontchartrain. Um, so it is um, an urban suburban district, and I have um, a husband, Michael, as well as two children, Claire Marie, who's four, and Teddy, who is two. And um, Claire Marie was born during my first session back in 2016. Wow. And Teddy was born shortly after, two sessions later. So <laughs> I love it. Paula, what about you? And didn't you gave birth during session? Not in the chamber. Not in the chamber. <laughs> I was prepared, but I was prepared. There apparently was a game plan. Yes. I think believe there was oh a game gosh. plan between yeah. um, Rep. Davis and Rep. Moreno. Had uh-huh. something worked out. Yeah, we did. I there was a it. game plan just in case. I was love not it. made aware of it, and I actually went to a Ways and Means Ways and Means meeting that yeah. morning, and then drove drove myself back to New Orleans and checked into the hospital that night. Oh my gosh, yes. that's amazing! And Superwoman Stephanie. Oh my god. Had the baby on May tenth. That's amazing. And was You're back in in session a week later. Superwoman, really. Uh, Superwoman. That's amazing. Yeah. It was it was a quick turnaround. It was I think it was turnaround. a week or two weeks. Yeah. It I was had, one week. It was a week. You were oh Superwoman. Yeah. I would have taken the whole six weeks. <laughs> but and it was right for me. And I'm not certainly not advocating that as a maternity leave because I, <laughs> you know, I had a tremendous amount of help, including Paula, um, Claire, and Stephen Dwight. And Steve, oh my God, Stephen, yes. So Stephen would drive me back. So after you have a C-section, you are not allowed to drive for six weeks. Yeah, because they don't want you like stomping on the brakes or something and like, you know, pulling your incision out. And Stephen lived like down Blue Bonnet from where I was staying. I had an apartment that year. Uh He would pick me up and drive me every day to session and drive me back. And then he ins- he had to install the car seat. He reminded me of that. Oh, did he? He installed Claire Marie's car seat. Yeah. Really is a family. Oh, it's totally. A f- I mean, yes. I love that. Oh, yep. Paula would come over, rock Claire Marie, bring lunch. Oh, that's great. I mean. Yep. It was fun. It was fun. <laughs> it made it very interesting. It was. We, we didn't have enough going on that first year. <laughs> Never a dull moment. No. It's, it's like stuff you forget about. I though. know. I like, know. You're like, how did this all happen? Like, how did we do this? And now looking back, you're like, wait, how long ago? That was four years ago. Teddy was born after session. Yeah. Lessons were learned, and, and Teddy was born <laughs> Better after <planning>. session. <laughs> so he was a, an after session baby. Nice. Paula. So I'm Representative Paula Davis. I'm from um, originally from Brobridge, moved to Baton Rouge 30 years ago. That's so crazy to say that. And I live in uh, District 69, which is South Mid City. Um, area of Baton Rouge. And so um, I'm around the Jefferson Highway, uh, Sherwood Forest Corridor. And then I also cross over and I'm around Parkview Baptist and go into some of Shenandoah. So that's my district. Um, I am married to John Davis, who is an attorney here in town. And then we have one daughter, Hayden, which is another crazy thing to say. She's going to be 21 years old in two weeks. 
So I'm not sure how at the age of 35 I have a 21-year-old. It's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> the math doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. And <laughs> we're just going to keep that story. I'm sticking with it. I like it. Yeah. Hayden is the sweetest child. She is. I got to know her the first year. She was a junior. So and so when I ran for office, Hayden was a sophomore oh, wow. in high school or had just finished her sophomore year because I decided to run May 20th mm. of 2015. And the reason I ran was because I was helping um, lobby um, the legislature regarding the film industry. We had some film tax credit issues. So I started lobbying, and actually it was Helena Moreno was one of them who came up to me and said, you need to run for office. I I said, you have lost your mind. (laughs) I am not running for anything. I am a stay-at-home mom, and I do a little bit of lobbying on the side. And that's when um, the former rep, Eric Ponte, walked up to me overheard the conversation and said, okay, wait, I'm not running for re-election. You really should think about this. Wow. And he said, and you have until June 11th, because that's when I'm announcing that I'm not running for re-election. <laughs> oh my so God. I basically had like two weeks to decide. I didn't know that story. Yeah, two weeks to decide. So talked to John. I talked with Hayden because for me and for Stephanie, if, if they didn't agree with it or weren't 110% behind me, sure. There's no way I would have done this. That's what I tell people when they're running for office. Obviously, you have to have that desire and that motivation, but your team, and mm. I think for both of us, that's our family and especially mm-hmm. our husbands. Um, and I would say the same for a man running if they yeah. have a spouse. Um, if they are not 110% on board, yeah. it's not going to happen. No. I mean, that is so key to it. It's tough. And especially for you, because at this point in my life, Hayden is now a senior at Auburn. Mm. Oh, that's crazy to say too. Um, but for Stephanie, you know, you need that support at home because you're here sometimes till nine o'clock oh. at night, uh, midnight. It just depends. You're here early in the morning. So not only does Michael support you in running for office and what you want to do and, you know, supports you in those efforts, but being at home with the, with the kids oh, when you can't be there totally or your mother teamwork. or mother-in-law. Oh, and, yeah. I mean, we have such a good mm. support system at home as far as helping with the kids. And, and Michael is a tremendous, yeah. huge part of that. Yeah. Well, you talked a little bit about it, but do either of y'all have a moment where you remember wanting to run for office? Was there like a lightning bolt moment? Was it sort of a gradual decision? How did that sort of come about for y'all? I mean, I think for me, it was more of a gradual decision. Mm-hmm. And and I think we hear this sometimes about women running for office. They have to be asked multiple times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so true. And... So true. It's it's really thinking about it and then thinking, okay. So I I can't say that there was a lightning bolt moment, but it was a gradual shift. And Mm. I I come from the um, neighborhood association background. So my primary, um, uh, my profession, I should say, is commercial real estate. And that's that's where I work. And actually, Paula is also a commercial real estate agent. Um, But that's what I was doing, and I was also working in my neighborhood association as the president, and and that was kind of what what led me to that decision. Yeah. So mine was probably more of the lightning bolt moment mm-hmm. because, and, and you guys know that I've been um, working around politics and government since 1996 um, when I became a lobbyist and I did association management. So it's I was always on the other side of the rail mm-hmm. with the lobbyists. Never thought I would be on this side as a an elected official. Mm-hmm. Um, so even when I was lobbying, I just really never had that desire to run or thought about it um, until Helena approached yeah. me mm-hmm. and um, Eric Ponte approached me mm-hmm. and basically said, "You have about two weeks to decide." 
So it wasn't a gradual, oh, I think I'm going to run for office. I think this is where I need to be. Mm-hmm. It was really just put into my head, and mm-hmm. then I had to make a decision Was that hard, quickly. like shifting to a new role and thinking of yourself? It, um, it was in a way, but it was – and I tell this to people when I ran for office, and I used being a lobbyist as an advantage, uh, as, as a talking point. Um, because I had such an advantage, I thought, because okay. I knew the staff at the Capitol. I mm. knew the lobbyists. I knew the players. Yeah. I knew how to write bills. I knew how to amend bills. Yeah, I knew the process. the process. So it made it very easy for me. Yeah. Moving, Shifting from lobbyists to now being lobbied mm. was a different feeling. Mm. Um and knowing how to lobby, I compl- I'm like, oh, I know that trick. Yeah. Oh, I know what you're doing. <laughs> also, knowing the lobbyists, I'm like, oh, you know, no, I know I know exactly <laughs> what you're doing, Lauren Gleason. <laughs> so everyone's it, on board with this one. Right, oh, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I think that I had, I, and I talk about that a lot, I had the advantage of being aware of the process and how to make it work and how to pass a bill mm. um, that I think put me a little ahead of the game uh, when we came in right. as freshmen. But um, definitely having my family support me. And you know what was other the other part of it, talking about family that was important to me, not only John and Hayden being okay with me running for office, but having my extended family be okay yeah. because I needed them to – come into Baton Rouge, walk neighborhoods, hold mm. up signs, because I didn't have a team that I hired because I didn't have any money to run yet. Right. Um, and I was running against a city metro council member, mm. which so he he had an advantage of money coming in from folks that needed him on the council. Mm. And I think both of us ran really grassroots campaigns. Mm-hmm. Very um, much so. I mean, door knocking. Mm-hmm. Oh, Paula helped me door knock in yep. my last election. I did. I, love it. I did. Great. But so, yeah, so having my family there with me. Um, but and it was a shock to them as well. My dad, I, I tell this story, my dad was in um, a kayak in Alaska when I called him. Mm-mm. And I said, hey, dad, it's, you know, I think I'm going to run for office. And he said, I think there's a lot of static amongst the glaciers. <laughs> I need to call you back. I'm like, no, 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 I think I'm going to run for office. And he said, oh, yeah, you go, girl. Um, oh, yeah. It. That's a sweet so, story. Yeah. Paul's dad is so sweet. He is. So, I mean, we've talked a lot about family. Obviously, they play huge roles, support system. I mean, tell a little bit about juggling everything. I mean, I feel like as mom, as wi- as women, it's everything is hard enough. Now, tack on the role of public servant and not even just your family, but, you know, sometimes there's news articles. There's all kinds of stuff that gets thrown at you guys. You know, what is that like well, juggling? That's such a good point. Juggling everything. <laughs> that's, that is a good point. Juggling just the staying sane in this entire process because you yeah. do get all of the Negative press and positive press yeah. that you have to deal with. But it's but, like that's another layer of scrutiny that just your average person doesn't mm-hmm. receive that's thrown on y'all. Well, I th- and I do think, though, I think there are women all over the state that are doing a – I mean, we have moms and women all over the state, whether it's them working extra shifts or overtime or something. No, you're so mm-hmm. right. I mean, mm-hmm. our women – I mean, we maybe are doing it in a more public manner. Sure. But we have, like, super moms all over this yeah. state. No, you're right about that. That are, are really probably unsung. Um but I do think it is, it is, it is, a, you know, you are looking at a lot of different, you know, demands on your time mm-hmm. and trying to understand how to fill those all in. I think that is why we've talked so much about family and our support systems, because one person can't do all of those things. And so it does turn into delegating um, to an extent. And, you know, the fact that we do work, many of us do work full time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have the legislature and then we have our, our careers as well. So I think it's, it's, 
it is a juggling, but there's that saying, like, if you need something done, give it to a mom kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Like, <laughs> absolutely. We will get I it done. It. You know? So, I mean, like, I'm thinking about it, like, knowing we're going into session, my daughter has snack coming up. So, I like, three weeks ago, I'm buying the snack at Target. And, I mean, it's just <laughs> things like that. You're just trying to get ahead of things when yeah. you can and, you know. But I think we're just so used to it as as moms. We're used to juggling mm-hmm. carpool and whether you work outside of the home, inside the home, um, you know, juggling, doing the laundry, juggling, whatever it is, making a home. Um, we're so used to it and we're so used to multitasking that it's almost second nature. I really don't think about it. So many people come up to say, I don't know how you do this. Right. I, n- not the, being a politician, but just the juggling aspect right. of it. I don't know how you keep it all straight. And yes, you have to be very organized <laughs> when you have a lot going on. But I think as moms, we are organized because you have the kids that you've got to rally and get to school and get to soccer practice and do all those things. Um, so it's, I think it's just something that's second nature to us. And I do think, I mean, I'm remembering back, um, this was a few sessions ago, my mom brought the kids up to the session. I had a bill that afternoon so I brought, I left Teddy outside with my mom, and Claire Marie came down to the floor with me, and she wanted to go to the podium with me, yeah. remember? I remember this. And, um, well, she couldn't, because we oh, have right. the, rule the rule on the House side, no, you know, only legislators, staff, that's it, um, pages, uh, yeah, staff. Um, and so Walt had to sit back with her, Walt Leger. Walt Leger's daughter was in Claire Marie's class, so Walt's like, "Oh, I'm Kate's daddy, and Sweet. you know we're gonna sit on the steps and and together." So it is, but you know what? I think that's so good that you know whether it is. I mean, we have a, a few legislators that will bring their kids pretty mm-hmm. regularly, yep. and I mean that's good for them to see the process, us, mm-hmm. the process, and us working together and and how it all works. Yeah, what a great experience for mm-hmm. them to yeah. see and early working on. moms and working moms yeah. and exactly. Working moms. And so this is a funny story, actually. Um, when we first got sworn in in January of 2016, um, Jean-Paul Cousson, oh, yeah. Representative Cousson, had his three kids and his son. Uh, I go over to his desk and his son looks at me. He says, oh, is your daddy getting uh, sworn in today, too? I said, no, actually, I'm getting sworn in today. He said, Sweet. but you're a girl. I said, oh. yep. And one day, Claire and Caroline may be getting sworn in. So it was really cute. Your oh, daddy man. getting sworn in. So, you know, changing so that awesome mindset. that he thought that yeah. you were young enough that your dad could be getting Thank sworn you. in. Thank you. Never thought about that part <laughs> of it. I, so I like exactly. that angle. I don't yeah. like it. <laughs> but, you know, it. But, but no, what a sweet thing for him to see. Yeah. I mean, he's, he awesome. was little. He didn't understand. Didn't understand. So now to see that, I mean, I'm sure that probably has a little change in his mindset yeah. there. And for Claire Marie and Teddy, they yeah. may one day go up to someone and say, oh, is your mom getting sworn in? Um, yeah, it's just normal. I think for them, it'll be second nature. But, you know, going back to like Walt taking care of um, Teddy while you were doing or Claire Marie, um, the the family that we have here at the Capitol is so important. Mm -hmm. And it's regardless of your party affiliation or race or male, female. um, We really do put our differences aside and we come together as a family when we need it. I think that's something people don't recognize Um, right like um rep willard and i at the end of last session did something for one of the news stations a little interview and at the end we're talking like oh how's it going how you doing blah 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 and and the interviewer was like oh wow like y'all are really friends i'm like oh yeah (laughs) you know and i think i think because we see some of that partisanship from washington dc and Mm. i I can't speak to the dynamics of congress or whatnot but i think 
people think that we are like truly on two different sides right. and 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 we don't speak or whatnot. But and you know, when you look at us on the floor, you see everyone's at each other's desks sure. and you know, yeah. So I would agree. Well, and in this game, it's all about relationships. Oh yeah. So you have to have those relationships, but you do form really special bonds with people. Mm-hmm. I say all the time, she's like Stephanie's like oh my, my little God. sister. Um, and we, we just have a group of friends that you know they're going to take care of you. Yeah, that's really sweet. I like that. So uh, quickly, what is the biggest challenge that you think that your male counterparts may not be aware of? Or what, you know, are there any challenges you think that they don't necessarily have to take on being males in this role? Hmm. That's a good one. That is a good one. I would say this, just the juggling of it all. Mm-hmm. They see it. Yeah. But when they have to do it, I think it's a whole different ballgame. And we talk about this. I mean, like, yeah. you know, we talk about Michael. Michael's like, yeah. oh, my gosh, Stephanie, when are you coming home? <laughs> because they see us juggling life mm. and juggling kids in a career, several careers and nonprofits and being on this board and that board. Right. But when you're actually in it, uh, it it's a whole different ballgame. So I think that part is I, I would agree. I would agree. I think there is, I mean, at, a, at the end of the day, um, you know, probably when it's like nine o'clock at night and my kids want their mm-hmm. mom. Yeah. You know, right. sure. Um, I, I think that is maybe a different dynamic than some of the, our male counterparts yeah. have. Yeah. In some instances. I think mm-hmm. so. Because a lot of them, even if they go home at night during the week, rather than staying up here, they may get home at nine o'clock while the kids are in bed. Mm-hmm. Um. My so, kids are running down right, the driveway so to me. You, right, exactly. So <laughs> oh Stephanie gets home, and the kids haven't seen her all day, yeah, so right. they're just very attached. So I think it is the juggling aspect of yeah. it. It's like, how can this be so difficult? Right. Well, you need to step into my shoes for one day. And, and I think there are some issues, and while they are not male or female issues, and we are certainly looking at this with um, what came out recently with LSU that mm-hmm. that the women are closely looking at, and we have seen a tremendous amount of unity from the women's yeah. caucus on that, more so than I think I've seen on, I hesitate to say, any other. I've it, never seen unity like I have as in any other caucus or delegation. Oh. I mean, we really have come together and we're communicating daily. Yes. Um, the, as, in, as a caucus. Yes. Um, and we're realizing that there are issues that, regardless of your party affiliation, we yeah. can absolutely come together on. And I should say, we have a few a few men who have t- yeah. taken an interest. And I think they are all supportive of it. Oh, of course. Um, but I think there are some issues that we do tend, uh, as women, mm-hmm. people are going to come to us with those issues potentially and, and look to have advo- advocates, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. from well, us. I get that. Okay, uh, one last question. What advice would you give to other women thinking of running for office? I think the advice would be to put yourself out there mm. and not question yourself and not mm. say, why not? You know, oh, I shouldn't do it because of this or that or, uh, you know, I'll wait. You know, that's something I think you see from mm-hmm. some women is, right. is potentially trying to wait. Um, there are getting to be more and more supports for women running uh, which is positive, mm-hmm. and and that's on both sides of the aisle. I think there are more organizations coming up to support women, um, but I think just exposing your daughters to the fact that this is a p- possibility for them, um, and and for for women as well, just to to say, yeah, maybe it should be me, you know, and and go through that process mm-hmm. and not second guess. Yeah, I would say to someone that has is thinking about it or has thought about it is follow your heart. 
Hmm. And don't worry about what other people say because you're always going to have the naysayers. You know, yeah. I think we saw it with um, Dr. Letlow's uh, recent yeah. run. Mm-hmm. You know, I when when Luke was running, I don't think anyone said, oh, but you have two small kids at home. How yeah. can you do this? No, you're right. But the minute that she decides to run or we decide to run, it's, wait a minute, you have small kids at home. How mm-hmm. can you do this? And it's, why can't, why is it any different? Why should it be any different? So you have to put that out of your mind. And, and it, I think it also prepares you for, um, you know, having a, thick skin once you do get into this business because <laughs> yeah. once you get into this you have to have a thick skin or you, or else you won't survive you'll just be eaten alive but um you know so I think it's follow your heart and do what you want to do and if you feel you're the right person at the right time then absolutely go for it mm-hmm. you have to put all of the noise behind you yeah, yeah. for sure I think that's great well, thank you all so much. Thank you. For thank you. Us. You know, as we wind down National Women's Month, we really appreciate your insight and your inspiration. So this has been Sounds of the Session, a podcast we produce to give listeners updates, uh, news, and perspective from the Capital Region. If you aren't already aware, the upcoming legislative session begins April 12th. And as I like to say, let the circus begin. There we go. We also want to let you know that LABI's Free Enterprise Institute will be holding a leadership boot camp on Friday, April 16th here in Baton Rouge. This will be the 10th boot camp we have hosted, and they are designed to provide training for those thinking of running for office. So far, we've trained more than 250 people with close to 50 now serving in public offices across the state. For more information on the boot camp and our organization, please visit labi.org. I'm Lauren Gleason, and thank you so much for joining us for Sounds of the Session.